0: Hey, everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. So I have to tell you this story. Uh, There's a story about a golden retriever, a German shepherd, and a cat that all died and went to heaven. I think think you're going to appreciate this story, okay? Okay. Well, of course, God who created them greets them at the pearly gates and says, welcome. But before you enter, I need to ask, what do you believe? Well, the golden retriever went first and said, well, I, I believe that I was created to be man's best friend. And so I, I just felt the need to always be by his side and, and be there and love on him. And God was like, wow, that's good. That's good. In fact, I'm going to have you sit right here next to me on my right side. Well, then the German Shepherd said, "Well, I, I believe the same that I need to be man's best friend, but but I felt the need to protect and and to know that he's always safe when I'm with him." And God's like, "Wow, that's good. That's like really good. In fact, I'm going to have you sit right here on my left side." And so he looks at the cat and says, "What do you believe?" And the cat says, "Well, I believe you're sitting in my chair."
1: <laughs> that's
2: yeah, that's
0: true. There's a lot of truth to that, isn't it? But here's why I say that. I think, if we're honest, we're a lot like the cat. I think think sometimes we think we're to sit in God's chair. Now, I don't say that to be mean or rude. I'm just saying when you look how we live, that's a reality. In fact, let me help you with something that's big right now in our world. And that's the goat. Who's the greatest of all time? The goat. Now, can I just ask if this is a big deal to you? Who cares? I mean, when it's all said and done, in fact, let me just say it this way. My Bible says there's only one who's the greatest of all time, and that will never be any of us. And that's already been determined. And my Bible says, at the greatest of all time, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is the greatest of all time. But I don't think that's what Jesus was trying to do, because I find it interesting that... People want to know the goat. They're chasing the goat. And and if we can't be the goat, at least we can vote for who we think should be the goat, right? But just to play on this, my Bible says all goats go to hell. I just find that interesting. And that we were never called to be goats, we were called to be sheep. sheep which I believe stands for somebody help experiencing ego problems, okay? Because that's what it really means to be a sheep when we finally humble ourselves and recognize we need a shepherd. Fair? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a big deal. And by the way, why we are in this series on the goodness of God, how do we live that out looking at Psalm 23? Because here's the problem with the goat thing. Because if we're trying to be the greatest of all time, which we can never achieve because there's already been established. Here's the deal. Do you find it interesting that when we finally, like the cat, get into the chair, the chair's never enough? Which I find interesting because God who's in the chair, that is enough. So God's okay with being God, but when we get to be God, we still want other gods. I I just find that very interesting about our heart. There's always another mountain to climb. There's always something more we want. We're never satisfied until we finally realize that God is in the rightful chair. And when we learn to be the sheep of his pasture, it's then that we have everything we need. Amen to that? Amen. So if you got your Bibles, I want you to go, if you would, to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. Now, while you're going there, we're going to read it a little bit later in the message and look at it again. But I want to talk about five basic needs that we all have. Okay? Now, here's what I find interesting. These five basic needs are the same needs that sheep have. Okay? We all have five basic needs. And we began last week talking about the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. Or as little Sally said it, the Lord is my shepherd. I don't need anything else. And I think she got it right. But there's five needs that we all have that I think we need to wrestle with and deal with. So here's the first one. It's the need for sufficiency. The need for sufficiency. Now, Jason Lehman says these words. It was spring, but I wanted summer. The warm days and the great outdoors, but it was summer and I wanted fall. The colorful leaves and the cool dry air, it was now fall, but I wanted winter. The beautiful snow and the joy of the holiday season and then it was winter, but I wanted spring. The warmth and the blossoming of nature. I was a child, but I wanted to be an adult. The freedom and the respect. I turned 20, but I wanted to be 30. To be mature and sophisticated, which I find interesting because I've never met a 30-year-old. anyway, um, <laughs> I was middle-aged. But I wanted to be 20 again, you know, the youth and the free spirit. And then I was retired, but I wanted to be middle-aged, the presence of mind without limitations. And then my life was over and I never got what I wanted. Boy, is that a picture of reality, isn't it? It's such a picture because if we're honest, we all seem to have this Unquenchable, if I can call it this, dissatisfaction. Have you ever noticed that? Or let me say it another way. An unappeasable restlessness. It's crazy, especially in this country. Would you agree with that? It's like nothing is never enough. And that's a problem. And, And I will say this. And yet it robs us of so much. It just robs us. And by the way, according to the Bible, it just not robs us, but it also keeps God from releasing in us what He really desires. This need for sufficiency. But I want to say something, I don't want you to miss this. The green, green grass of the home we desire is never on the other side of the fence. I say it all the time. If the grass is greener on the other side of the fence, you can bet the water bill's higher too. Okay, <laughs> I mean that's just a fact. But the grass is only green where you water it. And my Bible says, "The Lord is my shepherd." I've watered the grass with everything that you need. But we're always looking over the fence, aren't we? We're always looking over the fence, and we'll say things like this: "It, it it's better off." Well, it may look better off. And you may think that someone else has a better deal, but I'm going to declare to you right now. You ready for this? The grass is only greener where the good shepherd is allowed to be. The grass is never greener where you want the good shepherd to be. The grass is only green where the good shepherd is. See, here's what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians. God is able to make all grace abound in you. Notice that. God is able to make all grace abound to you. You ready for this? So that always having all sufficiency in everything. The Lord is my shepherd. I don't need anything else. I have a need for sufficiency and I find it in the fullness of Him. In fact, someone said it this way. The secret to life, the full life, is not having what you want, but wanting what you already have. Now, that works in everything. You want a good marriage, the way the Good Shepherd made it? Are you ready for this? A good marriage is not having what you want, it's wanting what you already have. My wife is everything I need because she was given to me my God and God is the center of our marriage and he's the good shepherd. I have everything I need. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It's in everything in life. When you understand that the secret to a full life is not having what you want, but wanting what you have. And my question is, do you really want the good shepherd? And maybe even a deeper question is, do you even have him as the good shepherd? What's going through your mind right now?
3: Um, When you said, um, we're always looking for the next best thing. It's like we're always trying to fill a God-shaped hole in our heart. Um, We're trying to fill it with everything that's of the earth. And obviously God is not of the earth. So nothing is gonna fully fill that hole. Um, You also said, you know, we're looking forward to the next season I've noticed just in my life, when I was younger, I wanted to be, you know, older, I wanted to be 18, then I wanted to be 21, then I wanted to be 25, and then when I got to about 30, then it's like, okay, I wish I was 21, I wish I was 18, you know, (laughs) my kids are the same way, I just wish I was older, well, no you don't, because when you are, then, you know, you're going to want to wish that you took, you know, um, you you wish that you would have enjoyed that more, because when you're always looking ahead, or looking back, you're missing out on today, and that's the present, and that's the gift that you're given, you know, that's what you're missing out on, so. Yeah,
4: people fall into the uh, trap of destination addiction, where they always have an addiction to Say get to that. Say that, that
0: again, it's a good word,
3: good two Destination words.
4: addiction, they want to get to that next destination, and when they get there, they think that they're, they're going to be happy, but they're not, so then they have the next destination they want to get to, so it's like climbing the highest mountain, and then you find out there's another mountain that's higher, it's like, oh, now I got to climb that one. And then you keep finding other more higher, higher mountains, and you got to keep climbing those until there's nothing that really there's, there to satisfy you until you have you know God in your heart to fill that hole and feel what's missing.
1: This last week we went to see the big sunflower fields of sunflowers, and I had a memory from a few years ago when I was in Africa, and we'd driven out at night, and so the next day when we came driving back, all the sunflowers were open. But I mean thousands and thousands of acres. So for the hour-and-a-half drive up to this sunflower place, I was just all a-twit. wit. Oh, I just knew what I was going to see. I was so excited. And honestly, not much bigger than this room was the patch of sunflowers that we'd driven to, and I was so disappointed. Now, I was delighted. I'd had an hour-and-a-half of expectation that was just filling my heart with joy, but I fell from a high place to a low place when I saw that little field. My gratitude no longer was there at all. It was just, Oops. So I think that's the way it is with sufficiency too. We think if we learn more, get better at, do it more often, we're going to be proud of ourselves or we're going to have accomplished something great. But really it's the journeys that's greatness, not the, not the rest of it.
3: I find the problem with expectations or addiction, you know, when you're talking about destination addiction, is the reality is, is never reality. You know, what, when, when you get there. It's because obviously we're in a dry season right now. And so a lot of the lawns are looking a little bit less than what they would normally look. Because it's been super dry. But I was on a walk in an area I normally walk. And I looked at it and I went, man, that lawn looks great. It looks so green. <laughs> that is a great looking lawn. And I got there. Sure it is. Total weeds but it was greener than green could be. <laughs> Not a grass in it, I don't think, but it was green as could be. And I went, man, that's, that's the way it is in life. What I think is going to be there when I get there isn't what it is because I, I put an expectation that isn't real.
0: The second need that we have, so we have the need for sufficiency, but we all have this need for security, don't we? The need for security. In fact, I find this kind of, kind of amazing that every one of God's creation... In the animal world has some sort of defense mechanism in it. Did you know that? It, except sheep and chickens. I just find it ironic. Neither one of them were given any kind of defense. They're like two helpless animals. I mean, think about it. Spiders and snakes have venom and poison, at least some. And if they don't have it, just their sheer presence creates a sense of defense for them. Would you agree with that? Okay. How about lions? Or any type of cat in that world. They have a huge roar, big teeth that are usually, if you will, many of them are agile and quick. Elephants have their brute strength. Crocodiles have a hard, scaly skin with razor-sharp teeth that are set in a very powerful jaw. Birds fly. Bees sting. Sheep. Poop. (laughs) They eat, they poop, and they run away. (laughs) Sounds a little personal, doesn't it? (laughs) I mean, think about it. But here's why I say all that. Because the only security, now watch this, do not miss this, the only security that a sheep has can be found in their shepherd. The question is, who's your shepherd? Or if I could go to remember the titans, who's your daddy? That's all they have when it comes to security. And by the way, that's all we need, according to David. I'm a sheep. I have no security, but in my shepherd, I don't need anything else as long as that shepherd is God, right? It's crazy. This is what David meant when he wrote in Psalm 18. Listen to these verses. The Lord is my rock and my fortress in whom I take refuge. That's my security. Now, let me help describe this for you. In Cape Town, South Africa, there's a mountain called Table Mountain. Now it towers some 3000 feet above sea level which isn't really that high okay but it stretches about 3500 feet if you will in diameter now you get to the top of it by going up a cable car and they say that the view is incredible i've i've not seen i've seen pictures but i've never been there in person but many people go not for the view but to see the rock rabbit-like animal called a dasi, because it's known for that area. And it's quite an amazing animal. It's like a little tiny rabbit that when it becomes afraid, it runs for shelter in the rocks, the crevices of the mountain. Now, don't miss this. If you want to capture one, you will have to overcome the entire mountain. because they've burrowed ways through there, you'll never get to them. This is what David was saying, if you want to get to me, you're going to have to go through God. <laughs> he's, my, he's my shepherd. Yeah, I don't good. need anything that's else. Good. See, I want you to know that God is the rock that never moves. He's the rock that never rolls. We have all the security. We need amen to that. Amen. So, we have a need, if you will, for sufficiency, we have a need for security. But here's the third, and then we're going to talk about these two the need for stability. The need for stability stabilizers are everywhere in life, like an airplane. Okay, an airplane has tail fins and wings. Why for stabilization? Correct chemistry in that whole world they have additives. That they can put into a substance to prevent an unwanted change. Those are amazing stabilizations, okay? A bicycle, you can add training wheels. A trite rope walker has a pole. You, you with me now? But let me get personal and let me ask you something. How would you label your life right now? Calm or chaotic? Would those closest to you say, they're stable? What would those that are around you define your life? See, David said what? He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Now, let me help you here as we're in a moment. We're going we're to read this, but I, I want to start giving you a glimpse of what's going on here. See, the word quiet is a very weak translation or still waters. That's not what those words mean. They actually translate non-turbulent waters. He leads me beside waters that make no noise. Now, don't miss this, okay? Because sheep frighten easily. Boy, boy, does that say a lot about us, especially in the last five months. There's a lot of God's children walking in a lot of fear yeah. for, for no reason. Yeah. I'm going to have to say that. Because the Lord's my shepherd, I, I don't need to freak out about COVID. You with me on this? But there's a lot of people freaking out and in fear. But the shepherd would never lead his sheep to drink at the foot of a babbling brook or a waterfall. Now, there's two reasons for that. One is it makes noise. And it would put fear and panic in a sheep. And a good shepherd knows that his perfect love cast out all that fear. So he wouldn't lead you there. But there's another thing I want you to catch too. The only thing when it comes to water sources that make no noise are the deep waters. And So when He says, the Lord is my shepherd, I don't need anything, He leads me beside the non-turbulent waters. He's not just saying because I don't want you to be full of fear, but I also want to grow your faith. I want you to have deep stuff. You all catch that? Yes. See, that's a person who has a stable life. One who walks in faith, not in fear. One who has depth, not one who's shallow. See, we have a need for stability, and that stability actually comes from the Good Shepherd. Does that make sense? Yes. Really? See, I don't know what storm right now is tearing into your life, but here's what I do know the Good Shepherd wants to lead you to quiet waters. See, I don't know the financial burdens that you face or the relational breakdowns that you're going through or the work-related stresses that you might have. And your life might feel all churned up. Here's what I do know. There's a good shepherd who wants to lead you beside the non-turbulent and to the deep waters. I I don't know if you guys know this, but the captain of a ship doesn't fear out in the open sea. His greatest fear is when he gets close to land, because that's where the rocks are. That's where, if you will, the currents take over. That's where the waves can come and beat against the boat. See, they don't fear the storm out in the deep waters. They fear it when they get closer to land. Isn't that interesting? And the same should be true for us. Still waters are deep and silent, shallow waters are fast and noisy. David wants us to get this. And so in Psalm 73, here's what he writes, the earth has nothing I desire besides you, O Lord. The earth has nothing. That's the shallow, noisy stuff. But the Lord is my shepherd. I don't need anything else. What's going through your mind and heart when we think about these two, security and stability?
2: In my life, of Kind of like come to realize that, for example, with regards to stability, there's just a lot that has to do with destabilizing you that comes from you worrying about the things that you basically have no control over Um, your finances, what you're going to need the next day, what you're going to need the next minute. You're always concerned about that next thing. But what I've come to find out is constantly trusting the Holy Spirit eases all of that. Because the Holy Spirit sometimes just reminds me that, look, when you think about these things, when you worry about these things, does it change anything? But every time you have depended on me, how has it worked out? And that's just only the reminder I need most of the time. But there's that peace that God brings when you hand over everything to Him and say, God, I'm not in control of my life. I'm not in control of anything that happens to me. You are in control.
5: In the early stages of our marriage, um, I found myself putting my security and stuff in. And, um, Every time we'd get into an argument or a disagreement, anything, um, I always had it running through my mind: Is this going to be? Is this going to be it? You know, is this going to be the end of our marriage? Um, but as I am growing in Christ, and um, I'm fine, I f- have found my security in Him. And um, I wrote down, you need to put your 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 security in the one that cannot be shaken, and you won't be shaken. And I find that now, when we have disagreements, give it to God. You know, there's, He can't fix it, but God can.
0: Here's the fourth need that we have. The need for significance. The need for significance. Now, I don't want you to miss this. A young man growing up may see blonde hair and blue eyes. Okay? And think, "Hmm. Maybe I could be my wife, you know?" A recruiter probably will see a talented point guard or a future quarterback, right? Think ah, we got to have, we got to have that guy. If you watch The Voice, they hear the next great rock star, right? The next great beautiful voice, AMG America Got Talent. Okay, they see the next great talent, someone who probably could end up in Vegas and have their own show. But here's my question: What happens when the blonde hair turns gray? When the athlete can no longer run? The voice no longer holds pitch and the talent runs its course. Now, why do I say all that? Because to make it big in this world and find significance, you ready for this? You have to be willing to lay down your life. But to make it big in God's world, He already did that for you. I just find that interesting. We're always looking for significance. And so our eyes become, if you will, and our ears and all of our senses begin to judge that, right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm the next person on the voice, if I'm the next person that possibly could play in that game, or I'm the person that can juggle the three balls, you know, or I'm the one that she likes, I can easily find my significance in that. But what happens when all of that fades? Because we all know it will. Back to the goat, the greatest of all time. We all know whoever fills that void will eventually be replaced, correct? But God says something different. Let me say it this way, okay? when I see a bunch of sheep, I don't know what you see, I usually see wool, pot roast and lamb chops. (laughs) That's what I see when I see sheep. But the good shepherd sees something totally different. Isn't that crazy? Where the world says if you want significance, you're going to have to pay the price. God says, I already paid that price and I already deem you significant. That's why I'm your shepherd. You don't need anything else. You don't have to play the game. And see, until we get that... And until we embrace that, we're just going to keep running. We're going to keep looking. You know, they tell me that the fastest growing crime right now in this country is identity theft, which I I find sort of sad but ironic that someone hates themselves so much they want to be me. (laughs) I just just think that's interesting. (laughs) Good luck with that. All right. But here's what I, I want to say, though. Because when you go through it, they say it's horrific. But here's what I want to help you with. Your identity is far more than your credit card number or your bank account. It's so much more than that, or at least I hope it is. See, I think the greatest danger of identity theft is never realizing the significant, incredible creation you are in Christ. I think that's the greatest identity theft. Because you can always recover your identity this side of heaven. But if you never know the Good Shepherd, you'll never recover that identity when it's been stolen. What's going through your mind before we wrap this up?
5: We're so quick as humans to dig and dig and dig for the approval of others. And we can get ourselves in such a deep hole to where our morals are stripped from us. Our identity is stripped from us. And you we just need to come to a point where we lift our hands up to our daddy and say, help. And he will be right there to lift you out of that hole.
4: You know, people are very easily influenced by what's going on in the world, what they see on social media or on TV. And they're quick to, sp- see what is the is the fad that's popular at the time and do that because they know that will make them known or famous, but then fads always change. And so then they're looking for the next fad. And essentially, like you said with identity theft, they're basically letting the world identify who they are. They're letting the world determine what they're going to do with their life instead of looking at Jesus Christ and finding out who they really are and who Christ made them to be.
2: We've gotten so engrossed in this world and the issue of finding significance in the wrong things, that it affects what our purpose eventually is. and Christ called us to, to be representatives of Him and the world. But what we see ourselves doing a lot of the time is trying to find significance in the world. We're supposed to be like a picture that the world looks at and say, this is what I want to be like. This is who I'm supposed to be like. And we can only be able to do that when we find our significance in Christ. Mm -hmm. And um, the more we get to know Christ, the more we get to be like Him, and the more the world gets to know who He is. Because Christ has come, and we are His representatives here on earth. And if we continue to strive for significance in the world, It doesn't do uh, what we're supposed to be representing any good because basically it turns us into what we're not supposed to be. But if we continue to seek significance in Christ, pursue purpose in Christ, that helps us to be that figure that Christ can use to show Himself to the world and say, this is who I am, this is who you should be which is eventually what we're all called to actually do.
1: Don't you think sometimes what's hard about that whole thing of significance is really believing that we are exactly what Christ Jesus wants us to be? And I think in order to receive that, we need to be still. We need to be still a lot more than we naturally are. We need to be able to receive His Word in a way That nourishes and feeds us in the form of belief because if you just boil it all down and look at it it's it's pretty amazing that he who created the heavens and earth and through the stars in the sky and created you and I and knew what he was doing when he did that loves and adores us and calls us as his own it's humbling it's very humbling we need to be still to know that
0: That leads right in to our fifth need, the need for spirituality. Now, I did say that we have five needs, okay? And sheep have the same need, at least as the animal. This is one they don't need, okay? Because they don't have what we have in being made in God's image a soul. But we have this deep need for spirituality. But here's the tragedy. When we do not get that spirituality here, we'll look for other substitutes. So This is what people, I, I think, can quickly look past. But this is why there's so many different religions in the world. It's not because, uh, if you will, it's the right thing to do. It's the inner need looking for something to fulfill. That's why there's so many of them. Regardless of race, language, or culture, all people groups have a basic, intrinsic need on the inside for something spiritual, for something bigger. Because we were created for that. We were created to worship Almighty God. And when we don't get it, it's why we idolize athletes. It's why we idolize actors or actresses. It's why for 18 years we had a television show entitled American Idol. There's a reason for that. In fact, every weekend, many people will attend a church, not because they're saved... because they're looking for something spiritual. Isn't that crazy? Not everybody going to church even gets it. But they're there because they're trying to. That's why when 9-11's happened, you know of which i don't agree with our president at that moment who said you know well we're all still worshiping the same god and that's not true <laughs> okay but the reason why church attendance and mosque and 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 all kinds of temples and things were packed because in the middle of crisis we're looking for some answers there's a spiritual thing within us that's a beautiful thing okay the question is is it the good shepherd because only He can satisfy and when you have Him, you don't need anything else. Now, I told you we're going to look at verse 2 here, but I want to set this up before we do as we wrap this up, uh, taking you back, if you will, to 2003 when Pixar came out with the movie Cars. It was a great animation uh, about this Lightning McQueen, this young rookie race car driver who had an ego problem. I mean, It was all about him. And uh, you get that real, real quickly in the beginning. And his entire life was about speed. In fact, the movie opens within the dark and you hear, Speed, I am speed. And that's what, it, that's what he was all about. And of course, he, he gets into a race and there's a triple tie, if you will. And in a week later, uh, they're supposed to race it off for the piston cup. But in the midst of traveling across the nation to go out to California, where the race is gonna be, Lightning Queen somehow finds himself lost in a little town called Radiator Springs, which is filled with a bunch of eclectic weirdos. Okay? And and, and all he wants to do is get out of there. Because his security, his significance, his stability, you with me? Everything is wrapped up in speed. I gotta go, I got things to do. But in this little town, he starts to fall in love with these other really kind of eclectic weirdos. <laughs> and on one joy ride, he's out with Sally, who was a, if you will, lawyer, a rich lawyer, out in a town, and she finally got tired of it. And so she said, I just started to drive until I broke down in this little town. He goes, Why'd you stay? She goes, I fell in love. And Lightning McQueen goes, With a Corvette? (laughs) And she goes, No. And she pulls over to the cliff and says, With this. And you see this beautiful, unbelievable canyon. And down in the bottom is little radiator springs. And then Lightning goes, Wow. And he looks over to the right and there's an interstate. Cars are just full on the interstate driving. And he goes, Look at them. They're all just driving and they're missing all of this. And she goes, yes. She said the highways used to move with the land, but to save 10 minutes, they built the interstate. She said where people used to drive, okay, to have a good time, now they drive to save time. And in the end of that little moment, Lightning says something that I totally disagree with. He goes, "Sometimes it's good to slow down." Thank you for that. And she goes, "You're welcome." And in that, I would disagree because people, I want you to catch this because this is what the Good Shepherd wants us to get. Is that it's not good sometimes to slow down. The Good Shepherd says you need to slow down all the time. That's right. That's right. And yet, we don't, do we? See, I don't know if this happens to you, but it happens to me on a weekly basis. I pull up to a stoplight and there's two lanes and there's always the one car. Every week this happens, there's the one car who you know he, he or she's thinking. It's mostly guys and they're thinking, you are not beating me off this line. <laughs> Y'all been there? You know what I'm talking about. And sure enough, that light turns green, and you know he was thinking that because, <laughs> and you just kind of like, what an idiot, right? And you pull up to the next stoplight where he's already waiting, you know it, and the same thing happens, and then you have that moment. Maybe you don't, but I do. I'm that guy.
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And then I have to think, the Lord is my shepherd. I don't need anything else. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me behind, beside the quiet, deep waters. And then next week we'll be talking, He restores my soul because we need the restoration. But I want to tell you something that most don't know. And then I want to hear your thoughts and we'll wrap this up. But I already told you that the quiet waters and the non turbulent ones. And to get to the quiet waters, it needs to be deep waters because God doesn't want us to have fear. He wants to have faith, a deep faith, right? And that requires depth. But it says, He makes me lie down. Now, some translations say, He lets me, but that's a bad translation. David's literally saying, Sometimes you need to be made to lie down. Now, we don't like that. That's a problem in this country. We don't want to be made to do anything. But I would say this. Until you can let God do that, He ain't your good shepherd. Because sometimes He needs to make you lie down. Now, here's something you probably don't know. Back in Jesus' day, David's day, they didn't have pens, they didn't have pasture lands divided by fences. It was just free range. And so sheep like to wander. But here's something you need to know about sheep a sheep will never lay down until all of their needs are met. Now when you think about that, is He your stability? Is He your security? Is He not just one of them, is He your significance? Is He your spirituality? Because if He's not all of them, He might be for them, but if He's not all of them, you're still going to wander because you're still looking Are
1: yeah.
0: wow. you with me on that? Yeah That's why David said sometimes I need to be made to lie down. Let me explain that. Back in Jesus's day, in David's day, a good shepherd knew that sheep wander, and when they wander, it could cost them their life. And when a sheep does that too often, the shepherd will actually break one of its legs. Because that's how much he loves them. Because better to have them crippled with the good shepherd than to be dead out in the wilderness. Wow. And so when you see the picture of a shepherd and the sheep around its neck, he would put the sheep there and he would feed it and water it, he would nurse it, and he would speak to it. So the relationship is growing. And almost 100% of the time, when He'd finally put that sheep back down, it would never wander again. Now, why do I say that? Do not miss this. Maybe COVID is God's way of trying to break our legs. I'm not saying it is. But if there's one thing that God desires, is that we come to Him with a broken spirit. Because worship can't come to Him any other way. You worship out of brokenness. You see that? Because He's the Good Shepherd. And sometimes He needs to break my legs to make me lie down because I need to realize that everything that I need is in Him. That's right. And He'll make sure I get well watered and fed because He puts me out in the green pasture and that pasture is always going to be everything I need. And he's gonna get me to the quiet waters which are deep, and they won't be full of fear. You see how this goes? People, this is important. We catch this. David said in Psalm 4, I will lie down and sleep in peace, for you alone, O God, make me dwell in safety. Those are great words. Those are great words. You know, I began last week, if we have a wrong perception of God, It will influence and impact every area of our life. If we have a right perception of him, the good shepherd, it will influence and impact every area of our life. Now, I'm going to close with something in just a minute, real quickly, but what's going through your mind as we wrap up?
3: I can't imagine a picture of a shepherd bringing the sheep out there and saying, Hey, hurry up, hurry up, eat. We we got stuff we got to do. Hurry up, hurry up, drink, hurry. Because you can't speed that up. And yet, I think, man, especially before COVID, that's the way we ran lives. Hey, to the kids, hurry up, Neat, hurry up, Neat, we gotta get to the game. Hurry up, we gotta, we got we we this, we gotta do, and then we gotta get to this. And, and talk about life, we were that. We were just about speed all the time. And man, I, I know for me, one of the things that has changed over the last months has been my, uh, my acknowledgement to God and asking for forgiveness of being in a hurry, way too much. And and saying, God, I I am sorry for that. I'm trying to fit you into a slot, even if it's a devotional slot, and not just breathing and walking and, and just laying here and having space in that. And that's something that has come to me more and more. So I agree with that.
2: You just talking about that, being in that place of total surrender, really kind of like just hit me hard now because. There are times when it seems like we pick and choose what area of our lives we want to surrender to God. And just you saying that you have to give everything, you can't pick and choose. You can't say, okay, this this part is off limits for you. I can handle this part. And then you can have the rest. That's not good enough. Because just like you said, the, the sheep will continue to wander until it has found the fact that the shepherd is able to meet every one of its needs, then it would lay down. And I think we tend to, to not put our entirety, that's the entirety of our, our trust in God. Because sometimes I look at my life and I'm like, okay, I think I trust God concerning this, this, this and this. But I think I have to work this out myself, even if it's a situation that I know I have to trust Him with as well. And I, sitting here, I think I have to repent of that because I feel like I have to surrender everything to Him. And that's the only way I can get everything that He has for me.
0: Amen. Amen. And I'd like to use that to offer some questions. Is He the Good Shepherd of your life? Is He all you need? Which brings me to the question, are you really saved? Maybe you gave your heart to church but you didn't really give it to Christ, the Good Shepherd. I have to ask that. If you died tonight, if you died right now, do you know for certain that you would spend eternity in the greenest of pastures with the good shepherd? See, I want you to know if that's not clear, if if that's in question, it doesn't have to be. There's good news. He cares and he will meet every need. The Bible says, I am the door. That's what the Bible says. If you enter through me, you will be saved and you will go in and find green pasture. Wow. And what did Jesus say? In the water I give, you'll never thirst again. Everything we need is wrapped up in the Good Shepherd. Amen to that? Amen. David Amen. was right. We get that promise right, every other promise of God falls in place. Everyone, He is the Good Shepherd. And you know, it's interesting. We talk about sheep. One of my staff said this to me I thought it was beautiful. The perfect Lamb of God and the prophet said, not one of His bones were broken. He was the perfect Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. But you and I, we will always be broken Mm -hmm. and when we're willing to accept that and receive the One who never was, but who knew no sin, who took our sin and became our sin, because of love, oh, he's a good shepherd, he's a mm-hmm. good shepherd. let me pray, Father, there might be one just even watching right now. it says that's in question for me. I don't know for certain. they can right now. I pray that they would just realize it's it's not if you will, in how it's said, it's just in the purity of of simply saying these words, and if you're one of those people, just repeat after me. Lord, forgive me, I'm broken. It's in you that I have everything. I don't need to keep wandering, keep looking over fences, keep searching. You are the good shepherd. I don't need anything else. You are the perfect lamb of God. Lord, those words, that's all they need to say is those words. Surrendering their life, just as Joseph said, those are incredible ways. It's all about surrender. And when we do, we will be satisfied. You will lead us to the waters that we will never thirst again. You will take us into pastures, and yes, we may need to be made to lay down. But the one doing the making is worth being obedient to. You alone satisfy. This world has nothing to offer. But boy, in you, we have a whole lot to offer the world and that's what matters. God, we say thanks in advance. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past messages. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps so much. You know, you can click the share button, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at Celebrate Church. For more content from Celebrate and to connect with us, go to celebrate.church. We love you and we believe in you. God bless.